Rocket Soccer News For insight that excels For expert analytics You better go somewhere else Portland Bay Soccer Podcast Enjoy it now Cause it probably won't last Patches, poop, they cover it all They'll discuss everything except football Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. So am I supposed to go? What are we doing? (laughs) Jesus Christ. There's already a shit show. You wrote the notes, man. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 63, season three, episode 19. If you're paying attention, Satan refuses to help. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and I am coming to you from Portland. Northeast hey, Portland. Uh, I'm Randy, and coming to you from Northeast Portland. And Greg in Northwest Portland. I also realized I didn't say the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. I just assume that everyone who's listening to this knows that, but that's what we're doing. So, what's coming up in this episode, might you ask? An off week for us, which is also very interesting, but we have an LAFC review with TIFO. Uh, we're going to talk about the Supporters Player of the Year, talk a little bit about Decision Day that's coming up, and then obviously we're going to discuss the elephant in the room. Uh, and I know we've been talking about it a lot, but I mean, with today, we have to. So, Meaning the report that was just released today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, this investigation into... And WSL mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Let's talk about LAFC. Uh, well, f- first off, we'll start off with the bright, um, bright notice. Uh, that Tifo man. That was uh, that was that was. F- I don't, I'm not going to burn a, a ding right now. That was a great Tifo, man, and it's not just because I helped make it this time. <laughs> that was truly a fantastic Tifo. Dang it. Ding! Oh, couldn't help Greg, myself. That didn't last long. No. Uh, yeah. Um, should we? I mean, if you didn't see it, if somehow you didn't see it, it was a giant Ouija board, and then with an animated, what do you call that? A, a, a planchette or a plinth? A planchette. Planchette that uh, spelled out R C T I D. Um, we'll, we'll provide a link for you to watch that in the show description. Uh, and it was even people, even Sounders fans, um, everybody said it was a good, well, everyone said it was an amazing TIFO, except for a couple asshats that were like, what does RCTID mean? Why would you put that on your thing if nobody knows what it means? Are you serious? If you don't know what it means, it's not for you. Oh, I know Randy loves it when you say that. <laughs> yeah, that sticks in my craw. <laughs> yeah. You said that. So, it's not for you, man. It's not for you. It's for the so, people in the stadium. So, question for you guys, because uh, seeing TIFO is one of my favorite things about the game day experience. And we got there with what should have been um, plenty of time to get into the stadium but the security lines were ungodly long um, for one, which was again, a sellout very clearly like the army was full, but two internet shit was broken like everywhere. Yeah. What yeah. What the hell happened? Do you want to know what happened? Did you not see it? 
I, I would love to know what happened. I, I, I experienced it. There was a fatal car accident on Shoals Ferry Road at like 2 a.m. that hit some, like, I don't know, lines carrying it or transformers or something. And that's what knocked it down. Knocked the oh, internet shit. down? Knocked down the internet. Uh, Xfinity. Yeah, but. <sighs> oh, just to that area? Uh, all the Southwest. I mean, okay. But. I don't understand how that, if, I mean, I had trouble getting in with my phone before getting, you know, getting SeatGeek to shell out my ticket. And that was with a wireless internet connection. And that's how most people were trying to get in too. And I noticed some problems there. Um, and I don't understand that they put out that thing that said uh, they had to turn off ticket transfers because uh, resales weren't going through. And that has nothing to do with a localized internet connection. What that was what was interesting for me is um, T-Mobile was basically unusable. Um, like couldn't sign into anything. Uh, rebooted my phone, uh, and it wasn't just me. It was also Brianna um, and then other friends who were using Verizon had an issue. But like something was definitely weird. Um, and so as part of the weird, it like a ton of people were having a hard time getting into the stadium and it just made the lines extremely long. And we actually missed the freaking TIFO. Um, uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. And so the cool part though, was where we were standing um, to go in. Um, it had uh, like a view of one of the, the jumbotrons. And so we could actually see it happening, which was kind of fun. So it wasn't huh. like completely lost, but it was right. definitely like the, the vibe was gone. And Greg, can you talk a little bit about like the logistics of having a moving TIFO? Uh, it actually, I don't want to give too many secrets away, but I will say it was a hell of a lot more fun than I was expecting it to be. I thought it was going to be this super complicated system that was a ton of work and require a whole lot of like, fine tuning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it when can- I asked you how you were going to do that before... And I was like, how is I going to make this work? And then I thought about it. And then when I saw it happening, I, well, I saw it afterwards, you know, from the other thing, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. It's actually really simple. Yeah. You just don't overthink it. Right. That's exactly it. Like when yeah. we were in the planning process, it seemed complicated because we were overthinking it. And when we're standing in the warehouse and we're like, let's just throw some ropes over the banisters and try some stuff out. Was, oh, no, this actually is really intuitive. Yeah. Uh, and there were four of us controlling, well, two of us controlling the planchettes. Uh, I was one of them. And then two guys uh, on like planchette guide ropes, uh, making sure it stayed uh, on course and give it some of the, the spooky wiggles. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> called ourselves the four plancheteers. Of course you did. <laughs> and I wanted to get a picture of us holding our uh, rope spools up in the air like crossed swords, but that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I've, there's been some animated TIFO before. Didn't Seattle do a really crappy job with one with that? Wasn't there an animated element to that Rickroll TIFO? Br- do you guys brought know? to you by Delta. Uh, <laughs> wasn't the animation, they just played something on the Jumbotron. Oh God, I don't know what it was, but it was horrible. The cool thing about this was it was, um, it's such a simple idea, but it's, it was just very, effective and very you know creative and simple idea and it was just fun to watch well 
both of you gentlemen, thank you very much. For I don't thank efforts. me. I, I was marginally involved. I mean, I was there for like, an, <laughs> yeah, I probably spent like an hour and a half time total. So don't thank me. We appreciate that hour and a half, Randy. Couldn't yeah. have done it without you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, wow. uh, I don't, I mean, without throwing shade on last year, uh, this year's TIFO has really been really good. I mean, it's really, they've really stepped it up. Um, so yeah. Yeah. My name is Josh from Lake Oswego. Sorry. I was just thinking about this last night. We've done fewer TIFOs this year than usual, but the quality has been through the roof. Yeah. Somebody, somebody was complaining about that on Reddit somewhere. It was like, uh, it was like they were like, "Why would I?" I can't remember what it was about, but it was they were they were bitching about what it was. It was like it was an unrelated thing, and then they took that as an opportunity to bitch about 107 is and uh, wasting money on protests instead of making TIFO. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. It didn't make any sense. And uh, I, was like, I don't consider making a donation to an abuse shelter a protest, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, I tried to argue with the guy online and then they came back with some stupid, you know, against my better judgment. I was like, I, I can't, I just, I'm going to chime in. And then the, the, the guy followed up with some more stupid stuff stupid stuff and then somebody was just like this is a that guy has a four-year-old um account that's got like a thousand negative karma points to it so he's just a troll let it go yeah it's like oh okay i can't i can't engage with those people anymore i'm done trying to convince people on the internet of anything um you know what you should do you should get into an argument on next door about fireworks or uh letting your cats go outside yeah, I have engaged in a fireworks argument on Nextdoor maybe like six years ago or seven years ago. Oh, God, was that with me? It might have been with me then. Oh. <laughs> so wait, wait. Do you – that's good. good point here. Do you uh, like fireworks or no? Uh I like them. I mean, I find them extremely annoying, but I, I'm, I'm happy to, you know – I don't really do them anymore when I have kids. So, I mean, we have kids, but they're not super young and they're not like they don't, their minds aren't blown by it anymore. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, you know, come for a couple days out of the year, let people do that. Of course, you know, there, it, it's never just a couple days. It's always forever, but I'm, I'm not about to begrudge people two or three days out of the year of lighting off fireworks. Dude, same team, hundred percent, same team. I love it. Um, and, uh, like the the argument I was getting into because someone was complaining about the the animal cruelty Ugh, yeah. uh, piece of it and my dogs like and, and I'm like I get it and she's like it's cruelty to animals and then I was I wrote, I'm like what did you eat for dinner and they're like chicken and I was like conversation over <laughs> like it, that it's like it's not about cruelty to animals it's about cruelty to your animal um, so don't come at it from some like animal rights whatever just say you're annoyed and if you know it's the fourth of july then leave like go to cannon beach where you're not allowed to set off fireworks like the, you the other argument is uh is you know what about all the vets with ptsd and it's like well you know man if you're I, that worried about them don't send them off to war yeah like <laughs> just don't send them to needless <laughs> wars um give uh, them the mental health uh facilities that they need you know yeah no that's stupid everyone knows what it is and if it triggers you like in terms of it being bad 
um, and you have the ability to control that, then like go, just go yeah. somewhere where they don't do fireworks. It's possible. Go camping in the woods, like do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Anyway, rant over. Um, wait, if Randy is old man yells at clouds and Greg is millennial, millennial com- yells complaint. at chemtrails. Yeah. What, a, what's mine? Midlife crisis, man. Um, <laughs> complains about something that no one cares about yeah midlife crisis man still doesn't own a porsche (laughs) (laughs) i'll take that one that's good oh man um uh but uh but sorry back to tifo i don't know how he even got on that tangent but it was a good one so we'll take it um really loved it again quality this year through the roof i greg i asked this in the last podcast or one previously and you kind of like um, dismissed it, but not like in a like a you're dumb way, but just like no, that's not a thing. But I thought I remember not doing TFOs because of what was happening with the front office stuff and people being like, no, this is a bad like the, from the Iron Front um, time frame, where it's like we're not really going to do it if they're going to be whatever. Is that just made up on my part? No, it's been an ongoing discussion because it it's the concern is we want to support the players and the club without giving Peregrine the spectacle they want. But then you make baller TIFOs and then they get it. Precisely because we felt like it was supporting the players was more important. Like there was enough stuff going on in the periphery, enough shit getting thrown at merit, enough shit happening that, okay, we can still support the players on the field. Merit's not getting off the hook. Let's keep doing them. It was just because of that one guy on Reddit, wasn't it? Yep, just that one <laughs> asshole on Reddit. <laughs> Spend money on TIFO. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, uh, that is good clarification. So I'm not crazy. Um, and um, I think that was, again, what we were uh, actively trying to do. You However, know what? I, uh, before we get off, TIFO, are you. Um, Notice they show the beginning of it, and this has happened before. They show a little bit like on when you see a game on ESPN or whatever, they'll show the initial running it up. And if there's any sort of two part aspect to it, as there was with this case with the animation, they cut before you get to even see, before you get to see that because typically they'll like they go quickly to a commercial break. Um, so I'm wondering if the Apple TV deal is going to. First of all, are those broadcasts going to have commercials? Have we have they mentioned that before? And if not, Ooh, then we know. will actually get to see these TFOs in their full glory. That's a really good question. I don't think they have said what they're going to do in terms of commercialization of uh, of the broadcast. But that's a that's a good question. Yeah, if they if they do, I hope they limit it to halftime only. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we talk about the actual result on the field, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, that was, um, who's taking this over? (laughs) Uh, I was hoping that, uh, Greg was going to throw some knowledge on us here, but so here's the thing. I would love to throw some knowledge, but I missed almost an hour of this match. Whoa. What? What happened? Uh, so I missed the first almost half an hour, uh, well into the 20 something minute, 
just because of TIFO. Um, because so at the end of the year, player appreciation TIFO, all those two sticks, there's one for each player. Right. So those all we have to get them all back and take them off the two sticks and fold them up and get them ready to give them to the players. Uh, and so that took some time and one was missing. We were missing Jimmy's. So we had to split up and go section by section, looking under people's feet to try to find it. Oof. I found it in 108. It was fine. But by the time I got back to my seat, it was like the 26th, 27th minute. <laughs> and then around the 65th minute, uh, a member of my uh, group I was sitting with, uh, the heat got to them pretty gnarly Ooh. and uh, ended up spending the rest of the match up in guest services with them. Oh. So uh, I, don't, I don't have a ton of knowledge to drop because I missed a good chunk of the match and the highlights. I felt the highlight video was kind of weak. It didn't really say a whole lot. So check out the empathy on that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start with the lineup, man. It was, it was nuts. Um, of we, and we haven't had a lot of, I guess we have had s- some of this, but you know, we're used to, uh, geo just throwing out a crazy lineup. I think this might've been the craziest lineup he's ever thrown out. Um, no Blanco, no Williamson. Um, no, who else? Uh, Zach McGraw was available. I believe he didn't start, um, and yeah, Mascara starting it with and with a crazy lineup and he's go to up front. Um, yeah, we were all scratching our heads when we saw that come out. That was it's weird that Blanco was playing and healthy. Um, Jimmy on the again, like on the bench, though, like so bench was. Blanco, oh, yeah. No, no Chara. Yeah. Bingham, uh, Jimmy, Van Rankin, Williamson, Luria, Focaja, Ajala and McGraw. Um, I don't understand how. Mabiala gets the start on a must win or not a must win, but a would have been, would have been really nice to win game um, given his recent performances. Uh, I don't understand that either, but to his credit, he had a pretty good game. Um, Asterix. (laughs) Asterix. He had a pretty solid game up until one specific moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And that's, and what, what, here's what happened. Are you talking about the second goal? Yeah, I am. Yeah. We can get to that if we're okay. Building we'll up we'll to put it. a put a pin in it, as they say. Um, yeah. So, so I thought this game was going to. First of all, it was hot as hell. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those super sluggish hot games that we have. Um, that you guys know. What yeah. was the last one we had? That was. I can't remember what game it was, but it was just those games where it's so hot outside, and that that pitch is like an oven. And everyone just kind of like, you know, it's it's a seventy five percent throttle game, and uh, I yeah. thought that's what we were going to have, but it, it was not like that at all. No, they came out firing. Um, can, can I ask a question? This is sure. um uh, to both of you. So, if like obviously Providence Park is turf, yeah. can you? call it a pitch if it's turf does that still count what i mean i guess i don't know what else would you call it well a turf field i guess isn't pitch just synonymous with field 
It is, but I feel like pitch implies like effort. <laughs> like <laughs> Sam, they were out there watering that thing. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> side track. Someone's gotta be Josh. Um yeah. so <sighs> um so in this match, let's do the predictions. We all got it wrong. Um and um uh Josh said a one oh win. I said a three to two win. Greg said a three to two win, and Randy said a three to three draw, and oh, man. a very disappointing <laughs> two to one defeat in freaking stoppage time. Well, which Josh is even... was right in the fact, in the sense that uh, he predicted that the winning team would win in the second half of the second half. <laughs> yeah. Pass it to the guy who plays in the back of the net. Get it there. Um. Uh, that was from my friend uh, Chris Quinn, uh, and uh, he is a listener of the podcast. I love you, Chris. I was hanging out with him. So, anyway, that I mean, what did you think of the overall match, Randy? Like, was it I, okay? So, this is not going to be, you know, maybe it's too early for this, but uh, I this is not a popular opinion. I thought we did not do. I thought we did pretty good overall. I, I thought this where we in the past we've had the past four or five games, we had game matches where we didn't really play very well and kind of didn't reserve deserve the results that we got um, and had good luck and ended up, you know, ended up winning or drawing. I thought this was sort of the opposite. I thought we mostly played better than LAFC and uh, LAFC had some real good luck and uh, fantastic work from Cripo that and otherwise we um we probably would have won that game it was really disappointing with um with like leaving vela open towards the end of the first half it's like a player of his caliber and quality is gonna score that like half the time and like how he gets an open shot is ridiculous. But anyway, you're right, Randy. Like the Timbers played well. It was a good game. We had multiple opportunities where it's like if it just went like in the final third, like one more pass or like, you know, uh, I'm sorry. No, not one more pass. That was pissing me off during the game. There were <laughs> so many scenarios where it was like trying for the extra pass and then looking at each other like, well, I thought you were going to shoot the ball. I'm like, someone shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah, there like, was a couple of those in the inside the. Yeah. Yeah. create a rebound like an opportunity like for a poacher to be like you know uh anything it was just like dude shoot the damn ball and um bravo uh, was not afraid to shoot he had a lot of offensive action um and i uh i think that three person back line frees him up to to be more he i mean he had one go off the crossbar oh oh i know and he had a couple other times that he I'll that crossbar was awful. I'll run yeah. something by you on Vela's goal. So that goal from that spot, we've seen him do it so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can uh, how can that not have been drilled in every single player's head? Don't give Vela space. I don't care what happens. Don't give him space. That's what I was going to bring up. So the man who was supposed to step to him in that moment was Moreno. Do we think Moreno just hasn't been around this league long enough to know? Well, it was no. wasn't Bravo was there too, wasn't he? I think Bravo was guarding a guy on the outside. I think it was two of those guys on. They were both there. 
Um, yeah, Moreno, maybe I'll give him, I'll cut him. I mean, you can't fault that kid. He works his butt off. He's flying yeah. around the pitch everywhere. And so, uh, when I watched it, I thought that was uh, Bravo's mark. I'm not sure though. Could be. Le- uh, on Moreno later in the match, I do remember this. Uh, this is around the 58th, 59th minute, something like that. Uh, we're on a one of our best looks the entire match where that ball gets sent. I think Bravo, no, Nizgoda sends it across the face of goal to an onrushing. Uh, Dyron on the right, right side. Yeah, yeah. And then Dyron tries that pullback cross. Uh, you guys remember that play, right? Yeah. And if and, you uh, watch, Moreno crabs at him for not making it something that he can hit. That's what I was going to bring up. Moreno yeah. is making these hand motions like put it in front of me, put it in front of me. And it looks like Dyron was doing all he could do to break Moreno's back knee, yeah. sending that ball all <laughs> the way back. To where yeah. he had to take one of the most awkward touches in the world to try to control it. And then Moreno just kind of throws his hands like, dude, what the hell was that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, obviously, I, I would have, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I like it, I like it, I like it that he's not afraid to, it's funny, crab at one of the senior players in a spree me <laughs> to tell him where he wants the ball, which is kind of funny. Um, Moreno has earned it. I think he's playing like the role that Blanco played last year. He's not scoring as many goals, obviously, but he's definitely the leader on the field. He can do crazy things um, like just like volleying the ball around people and turning and spinning and you get like it's it's unbelievable what he's doing. Did did you say he earned supporters player of the year? Oh, wait, we'll we'll get back to that. No, yeah. um, I forget who I said I voted for. Um, it might have been Bill, but anyway, I voted for Moreno. So, um, what else happened with that? Uh, oh yeah, Aspria's goal to get us Ooh. back in the game. I, I admit it, that was a, on a an expert cross from Bravo. Just dropped yeah. it right on top of his head, and and Aspria was in between two guys who did not do. A, enough to didn't really do anything. I don't think they probably expected him to get the ball. It was just weird, but that was perfect. So the goal was amazing. And I was in my head thinking, I'm like, okay, this is good. This is the goal that we needed to make this something. They got to bring on some subs, um, which is another thing too. Like I thought Gio waited way too long to bring on fresh legs. I kept them like, what are you waiting for? Like Paredes is on a yellow. um, And he had to stop, uh, forget right before he got subbed off where he had to stop pursuing someone because he would have if he would have tackled him he would have gotten another yellow and a red and it's like yeah, he didn't bring on anybody till like the 73rd minute yeah also but, i so, think jimmy was waiting on the sideline for like seven or eight minutes before he was let on it was a it was definitely a while and it's like so if you have eric williamson blanco and jimmy on the bench like and you are still down one to nothing Waiting past the 70th minute is not the right thing to do. Right? Yeah, that, that was some Caleb Porter substitute timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, like when Blanco came on, I was like, he is going to score like a, a screamer and it's going to be. Oh, wait, wait, when Blanco came on? Yeah. Oh, how? I mean, why was. Oof, man, when I. And you know, I was sitting with, standing with, excuse me, I was a tourist in 106 with. Uh, 
beer review for Mark and literally nobody else. Hey. And um, we were all like, Blanco on. Uh, actually, it was his his buddy Greg. Um, he was like, we we're like Blanco on f- for Moreno, and we're like thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. But I'm just thinking like the energy, the vibe. Yeah. We're tied one to one. We can pull this off. Um, and uh, and then I have to not lie and be honest. My heart fluttered just a little bit when Gareth Bale came on because he <sighs> is. I, my, you know what? I, my heart did when he came what? on. Was yell fuck off to Wrexham when he came the first time he got within earshot. <laughs> I know that makes no sense other than Wrexham's from Wales. I just thought it was a funny thing to yell at him. I think that is a funny thing to yell at him. I, I mean, again, honestly, uh, I was not rooting for him to do well, but I was pumped to get to to see him come on. I thought for sure he wasn't going to come on. Um, and they did that after we scored the the tie. Like the tying goal. He came on on eighty in the eighty fourth minute. Um, and Vela was off at the seventy seventh minute. Um, yeah, it was like okay, they got this in the bag. Portland's not getting it, and uh, blah blah blah. Man, when when they brought in uh, Jimmy Chara and um, who else? Who came on with it? When Williamson, those guys immediately made an impact. Immediate, immediate impact. The energy change. The crowd was into it. They were like, yeah, it was, I thought for sure we had that in the bag uh, and we did not. Hey, uh, the intern got back to us and that, um, that the thing that you thought might've been a foul around the 19th, 20th minute on Moreno um, happened outside of the box and wouldn't have been a penalty kick anyway. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate the interns uh, work on that. Yep. Shout out to um, Gretchen. Gretchen, yeah. thank you. Thanks, Gretchen. Um, aren't you her intern? Should we just be honest? Yes. Yeah, it, well, in uh, everywhere except for the podcast land, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, why she's not allowed on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the one thing. Ready. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, we, we lose it. We lose two to one in what would have been great. And then uh people were like why are they celebrating so hard i'm like they just freaking won the league like yeah um so did you guys see greg were you oh did you miss the entire second half greg no i missed the last from like the 65th minute on they had a screen up in guest services Uh, um it wasn't a great look from at at the 92nd minute you know, in the front row, there was a scenario where I don't, I can't remember what it was. They were rushing the box and Vosic had to go up and try and block something. And then he like, if he ends up falling on top of the ball by accident and making a save, that was pretty amazing to see. And nobody else saw it. So there you go. Yeah. That was riveting content. Uh, Should we talk about uh, the penalty kicks, the penalty calls? Sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, we should. Um, so what minute was that? That was the 86th minute? Yes. With Bravo on a poku. And uh, what did you guys think? Was that a penalty? No. I mean, they clearly reviewed it um, a oh. lot. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Taylor you know, Twelman said partway through that. I'm sorry, but if it's taking this long, it's not clear and obvious. Get the game back on. 
Yeah, he's correct. Yeah. Let's see. That was, uh, shit. I had that timed out. It was over two. It was like two and a half minutes. They spent reviewing the call. Um, not just, you know, time walking back to look at the monitor, but with, um, Elfath looking at the monitor until he made the final decision. It was over two and a half minutes and everybody in the army was like losing their minds. And that was the, everybody was, if it's not clear and obvious, if it takes, you know, if it's taken this long, that was absurd. I don't understand how that happens. Like the same thing. Um, So I got up to go use the bathroom and I came back and they still hadn't (laughs) like, it's like, what is going on? Um, and you take long peas. I've seen them. Oh, uh, dude. You, bathroom and me are tight. Like, we get along. <laughs> um, but I just, I really, uh, I really don't know what to, um, uh, uh, like how that happens. And then clearly it doesn't happen. Um, uh, and uh, yeah. I could have, I could have seen that getting called in the, in the, in the moment and it would have been hard for them to overturn it. Um, I I feel like he just kind of goes down easy. I felt like, like he, he pushes him. He's got hands on his back a little bit and then pulls him back. And then the the guy waits until he gets into the box and then goes over. Um, the hands on the back are outside the box. By the time they're standing in the box, Bravo's not touching them. Opaku wants that contact so bad that he's just like begging them to hold on to him, and he's planning on going down as soon as he crosses that line. Yeah. I feel like there were some other calls earlier in the game that could have. Um, I mean, that, first of all, this guy's normally okay as a ref, he did not do good. Ishmael Elfath is a wild card. And I don't know if I agree with this statement, but I saw somewhere on Reddit, somebody said they felt all the big calls didn't screw us over, but all the little calls did. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I don't, (laughs) I I don't despise him. Like I despise Victor, uh, what Victor Rivas. Is that his name? So Rivera or whatever, just for making the match about himself. That's not what Elf. Oh yeah. 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 It's just kind of, so. you sometimes wonder if Elfath is watching the same match as you are. Yeah. Or yeah. Penso refuses to go to VAR a lot of times just because you feel like he doesn't want to have his, his, his authority question because he yeah. looks like he's an ex Marine or something. Well, um, we, let's talk about the, the, um, the last flop of the game, which, and then we can move on because we're already like 35 minutes into this episode. And that was, Bill Tuiloma trying to earn the penalty. And of course, like drunk self in the moment, like, oh, it's a penalty. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Clearly, <laughs> totally. it's not a penalty. Yeah. Watching um, it on the replay. Ooh, that's yeah. not a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, uh, that was, uh, unfortunate. It's a bummer. But we'll talk about what that means for us in the standings in just a minute after we get to the Greg. Well, Bill Tuiloma definitely did not earn supporter player of the year. Otherwise he would have sold that penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Your supporters uh, player of the year is Alias Ivicic. Yay. Ivicic. Uh, he had a, he had a, did you guys see his, um, I guess it was a tweet. I can't remember if it was Instagram or a tweet 
um, with him thanking everybody for that. Did you guys see that? Yes. And I felt a little tug on my heartstrings. That was, really uh, sweet I did too. I mean, at first I was like, you didn't deserve to win that, but then I was like, Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember word for word, but effectively it was like, yeah, I know it started off rough, but I really, really tried my hardest and wanted to get better. And thank you all for recognizing that. Yes. It means a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what he said, and and wonderful. that's uh, that was a nice. I mean, that was like, oh, you feel like you put a little bit of his personality into that. Um, you know, yeah, it was. There was a lot of hate on Ivicic this season, and in the beginning, he definitely stumbled quite a bit, and it was like, shit, should it be um, Bingham? Uh, Bingham instead. Like, is Ivicic good enough to start at this level? And I think he has shown that he definitely has. He's obviously not perfect. Like he's a goalkeeper. It is what it is. But he kept us in so many games. Like I feel like a lot of his saves are highlight real saves versus just like standard goalkeeping. Like he was amazing work. So um, I, I saw I some people. I saw some people thinking that he could have done more to get that to save that second goal. Um, and I'm gonna say that in the replay, you can see he had he he probably he probably could have come out a little bit and shut that down, but um, I think he was gonna save that, but it, it ricochets off of Tuiloma and changes direction a little bit and gets past him. So it's the deflection yeah. off Bill that yeah. screws it over. Not blaming Bill, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we already know whose fault that is. <laughs> so. God damn it, Mabiala. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. Why is it his fault? We're getting sidetracked. Remember, I f- can't remember how many episodes ago it was, but I, we were, I said uh, bad things happen anytime Mabiala goes over our, our half <laughs> line. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And there was a couple times during the game, and he had a really good game. He had a really good game. He had a huge, a ton of uh, headers that he cut or crosses that he cut out with his head. Um, he did some, like, he managed to weasel his way in between guys a bunch of times. So he had a really good game. Um, but I, I, I kept, there were multiple times during the game when I was like, you know, get back on your own half, get back on your own half. And if you go back to this last goal that LAFC scored, um, it's from a, a uh, giveaway from, from Mabiala, basically a bad pass. And that's how they so take possession. Frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like you're looking at the linesman hoping it was offside or something. And, yeah. Um, and God. Like, From where I was standing in 106, I could see the whole thing. It was like it was uh, it's just right in front of me. And like the whole time I'm going, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> damn it. What is happening? Yeah. It's just like watching a slow motion car wreck. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to over, back yeah. to uh, Uh I w- I voted for Tuiloma. Um it was a tough call because Moreno definitely deserved deserved it in my book, but I thought Bill was there for us in the beginning of the season when we had absolutely nothing going on and yep. Bill was still our leading scorer <laughs> going into that game. Yeah. Or no, he wasn't. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that was a different note I was going to bring up. He was our third le- leading scorer or something like that going into the game. So um, I feel like Bill Tuiloma had a breakout year as well. He definitely earned a starting role. He was playing really well for New Zealand. 
Uh, and then again, Moreno, again, same thing. It's really easy to, it, it's really hard to pick between the three of them of who would get it. And I wouldn't have been sad with any one of them. If it was somebody else, like I'd have been pissed. <laughs> yeah. Was, but Mosquera gets a like, start. Who else, who else could it have been? <laughs> um, Ala probably <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, but no, Mosquera got the start. We didn't really talk about that for, um, uh, because we were debating like, does he get the start or not? And he did. Uh, and yeah. yeah. Awesome. I think he played amazing. He looked great. I thought, I can't remember a lot of him. So he had really amazing runs. He did not have amazing like um, footwork with the ball when he got it. Like he felt a little bit uncomfortable, but like for your second professional game for the Timbers uh, and your first start, um, I was excited about what that could look like for the future. But right. um, yeah. all right, Greg, what are we, what's going on next weekend? Decision day. That is Ooh. going to be. Sunday, was that the 9th? Sunday, October 9th against RSL at Third Reich Field in Salt Lake City. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Sandy in Sandy, Utah. Uh, If you're going to say it, you got to say it in German now. (laughs) Uh, I can't think that quickly on the fly. Insert funny thing here. Yeah. Uh, We cannot lose and make the playoffs. Uh, Is that true? Wait, no. Everyone, yeah. if everyone else loses, can't we still? Who's everyone else? So well, I have the standings. Hold on a second. Yeah. We can discuss. Uh, our, uh... Oh shoot! That's right. RSL passes us if they win because of the tiebreaker, right? Well, um, if they well, win, they, they'll, they'll have one more point than us. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the tiebreaker being points. <laughs> but Vancouver would have to lose. Um, it's First and, of all, it's crazy that Vancouver is still in this. Yeah. The the results, we could have jumped to fourth, I believe. And actually, that's still, still possible for us somehow. But every other result uh, went our way this weekend. Nashville lost. Um well, then here's the thing. So uh, if we win, we're definitely in. Uh, and it's still odd that home field advantage for the first game is still a possibility. Um, yeah. It's super weird. LAFC is playing against Nashville. They've now won the supporter shield. There is no chance in hell they're going to field in a lineup because uh, you're not going to risk it before the playoffs. Um, so that's really good for Nashville. Um and then Vancouver versus Minnesota is going to be the other one that we obviously really care about because, again, both teams are in contention for a playoff spot. Um, and Minnesota's been kind of in the shitter, uh, and yeah. Vancouver is still Minnesota lost. They got beat by Houston, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. So <laughs> um, yeah, and they just got beat by Sporting Kansas City like the week before that. It was like some like the 4 nothing score line. So – so yeah, Minnes- if Minnesota loses, we could still uh, we could still make it as long as Vancouver doesn't. Wait, who are they playing? Vancouver, Vancouver plays Minnesota. Plays Minnesota. <sighs> Vancouver plays um, Minnesota. We play RSL. All four of us are on the cusp. Any of those teams win and they're in. Only Minnesota and us can draw and still be guaranteed a spot. Well, I guess yeah. RSL would. It's, yeah. This is. Uh, Decision day is nuts, man. I mean, they couldn't have 
They couldn't have. Um... That's some excellent marketing uh, <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, here we go. This is this is Matt Doyle's article. Uh, none of the four teams can lose and still make the playoffs. If the Timbers lose, RSL are guaranteed to jump them. So the and so is the winner of Minnesota Vancouver. If there's no winner, Minnesota jump Portland because they're even on points and the Lutons hold the first tiebreaker, which is wins. Oh yeah, okay, there you go. Maths. And then he adds on, I don't think I've ever seen it come down to the wire like this. And he's been writing for MLS for like twenty years. Ooh, yeah. Well, it's gonna be interesting. Hey, so you know what else hasn't happened in like. 20 years or 13 years or whatever it is. This what? is the first year that uh, Seattle's out of the playoffs in their oh. MLS existence. Did you guys oh watch that match? God. I did not, but oh. it makes me happy. Oh, you watched that. It was like, well, maybe there's something bright spot we can get out of today. And, um, and no, it, I had a, I had a rough football weekend. Cause obviously Arsenal destroyed Tottenham in the North London Derby. And, we got up at four o'clock in the morning for that. Um, when I say we, I did. I just woke up Brianna when I was getting awake uh, and moving. But we went to goal. Uh, thank you to to Mister Lionel for reminding us that we should go there at some points. And apparently that happened because their bartender. This is actually really funny. Their bartender uh, is a Spurs fan, but another guy who might be the owner is an Arsenal fan. So they opened up. There were like five Arsenal supporters there, and probably like 40 Spurs fans. Um, there was one Arsenal like diehard who was chanting by himself. Um, <laughs> and it's really weird when people do that. Um, and oh, uh, no weird. one else. Yeah. No one else knew the chance. And so as soon as he was done, like, and he would take a breath, uh, it was like dead silent because clearly Spurs fans aren't going to say anything. And then someone made a fart sound. after he finished <laughs> chanting. It was probably one of the funniest things ever. And then it happened a second time. And I was like, well, that was really good. So I'm going to do it next. Um, I, I made a fart sound. It was like, as soon as he was done, it was like, uh, and <laughs> it's like nothing you could do about it, but yeah, so rough sporting weekend that was a bad day. But uh, Ipswich Town um did win three twos, I'll take it. But anyway, uh, Burnley drew one one, I believe, and we are in fourth place. Oh, dang, in case you're Maybe wondering, get a promotion, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, back to the, the games. No, I did not watch Seattle, you did, yeah. That was fun. Okay. Right. Was, we should just. I'm um, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say we should also re um, uh, double down on our our predictions for what we said RSL uh, was going to be because we're doing a special episode right now, which is Josh one to one draw, me Jonathan a two to zero Timbers win, Greg a two to one Timbers win. And Randy, a three to two Timbers win. So we'll just reiterate that uh, in case anyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change my prediction. Oh yeah, you can't change it. You've already predicted. Well, I mean, I could have. It's already, it's already been recorded. Okay, I'm standing by it. I think that's yeah. a good prediction. Yeah. So, um, back up here in the agenda. So I now think we have to discuss the elephant. In the room. My name's Greg, Jonathan. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's actually really hurtful. Um, I'm not into that type of shaming. So it's worse than we thought. 
That's What's worse than we thought, Jonathan? Uh, I was going to lead up to that. Um, but the report released today um, by, uh, I'm going to blank on her name in the moment, but Yates, Cindy Yates. Someone, journalism's journalism. Journalism. Yes. Uh, Yates. Uh, what, Yates. What? Uh, Release the report. Um, the report of the independent investigation to the U.S. Soccer Federation concerning allegations of abusive behavior and sexual misconduct in women's professional soccer, dated October third, two thousand twenty-two. Sally Yates. Um, this report, like, we already knew that Merritt Paulson was very shitty, and we already knew that Gavin Wilkinson was shitty, and we already knew that Mike Golub was shitty. But it's like. It's worse when you read it in the report and like more revelations came out in this report. Like one of the things I was saying to Brianna, we were walking uh, Aziz earlier was um, like when they use like the term sexual coercion um, and it's you're like, oh, okay, what does that actually mean? And then today, like in that report, it showed some of the actual text messages where it was Paul Riley saying to Monashim. I am so horny. I want to fuck you. And I'm like, how I'm saying to Brianna, I'm like, how does that actually happen? Like, you know, uh, reading the actual text messages, like who in this day and age would actually send that to a subordinate, um, uh, it at all. And again, like it's the, the fact that that was known, um, and people who can't get any from peers and can only go to their subordinates. Show me also, where that was that was pre me too, wasn't it? 2015 is probably pre me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I just it it is mind boggling how any of this it like went on for this long, and it yeah. Oh, the so fired up. The it's hard to believe that. The, the person doing it thought they were just going to get get away with it perpetually as well. And I mean, they did. That's the thing. That's like one of the, the, the most frustrating bits about any of this is like, again, like because like sexual coercion and he asked the players to kiss each other to do whatever. And, you know, we read that he um, answered the door in his underpants, but like, there was so much more graphic detail. And if you go to the end of that report, it actually has the HR case. Uh, and if anyone hasn't seen the report, so we'll link it. Um, but it has the actual documented HR case from the Portland Thorns HR. Um, uh-huh. It has the actual text messages that Mana Shim submitted as a part of that investigation saying like, yeah. here are the receipts. Like we, I have them. This is real. Um, and just, all of it. And like every time, uh, like it's, it's like, I'm surprised, but I'm not. So that, okay. So that report concentrates on three coaches for the most part. Um, it's that guy, Holly and, and is the other guy daily, maybe, I don't know, but it's not all just the thorns and timbers. And so we, we all, we knew, we, I mean, we kind of knew this kind of thing beforehand the uh and what what Paulson has been trying to say the whole time is they had a sort of had plausible deniability or and that they kind of did the right thing by investigating 
and reporting it to NWSL. And that's about all that they could have done. And that, you know, like, hey, we made this mistake and we're going to cooperate and we're going to do everything different now. And so that's the, that's a part of this report that's glaringly obvious is that, I mean, part of the report c- comes out and says that the, the Thorns organization actively tried to uh, inter- interfered with, tried to interfere with the investigation <laughs> to make it harder. It's so crazy. Um and again, like, so like 107 just sends out the email um, or the post saying we're working through it. There's obviously some things we can't discuss and, oh, boy. and this, that, and the other thing. And then like this report comes out and it's like, dude, what are we doing? Like at, at what point um, are we all responsible for this? Like, should we just stop going to games? I know I want to support the players. Should the players stop showing up and have a walkout themselves? Like, I mean, that's... Um, uh, that's where my head's at. Like this is, it's so absurd. And this is another thing interesting too, is that they were, you know, um, a reporter from the Oregonian reached out to them this morning for a comment when they said that they will have a comment later today. There is still no statement and it is now eight ten PM. Oh. So, uh, whatever they are doing, they're trying to either a figure out damage control and going to do more blaming and, and like, Oh no, we did what we were supposed to do. And, this, that, and the other thing. Um, the part of the bits with um, Wilkinson, and I can't remember if it's now if it's Wilkinson or Golub that were like uh, that. That's also in this report about how they tried to downplay it when talking to other teams <laughs> who wanted to hire Riley um, and saying things like, "Oh, Monashim put her put him in in a bad position. <laughs> uh, he, uh, you know, you should hire him if you could. I, I would, I would get on that if I if it was up to me." Um, we'd I would hire, hire him, in, him in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. He's just got locker room uh, conflicts. He didn't deal with some of the locker room personalities. Um, like, this is what? Like, how is that even real? Like, yeah. god damn it! Um, and then the the Mike Golub to Cindy Parlo Cohn, who's now the president of NWSL or USSF, yeah. um, about the besides sleeping with me, what's on your bucket list? Yeah, like. What the fuck? Uh, sorry, Randy. I'm sorry for swearing. No, no. I mean, <laughs> that's justified. Yeah. I mean, and the report certainly has a lot of, it's not just the Thorns organization. It's, it's all the other organizations that were complicit and USSF and NWSL. It's just, it's just bad, bad all yeah. the way around. Is this going to be the thing? Who's, what are we going to see? What ax is going to drop? Oh, that's a really good question. I just, for anyone who hasn't read the report, all you need to do is just go to page eight and the first paragraph of the executive summary is going to make you throw up and like want to set something on fire. So uh, I'm going to put in the, in the show description, I'm going to put a link to that document that I highlighted. It's like 167 pages or something, not including, or not including the appendixes. Um, And I've highlighted most of the stuff that's specifically thorns related. Um, again, it was like a hasty thing that I did. So it's, it's probably not perfect, but it, um, it'll give you a good place to just, just to go to, so you can see exactly what you need to see. One of the recommendations that they made was, uh, I think I kind of, I don't have it in front of me right now, but don't they recommend removal of, uh, parties that failed to, is that one of the Uh, things? 
I don't know if that was in the specific report and the recommendations. That's the one part I haven't read yet. Yeah. Um, but that is definitely the the court of public opinion, uh, which is we have been saying it since the beginning. You know, Merritt needs to sell now. Uh, fire Gavin Wilkinson. Like, just be done. Like, this is clearly not working out anymore. But what I'm really enjoying is the pressure from legitimate journalists. Um, like us. So, what's that? <laughs> like us. Yeah, like journalisms. Um, We do the journalisms all the time. But Bill Aram from the, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, from the Oregonian wrote a piece that is next level. Yeah, that's good. Um, And Nancy Armour from uh, USA Today. uh, This is going to get way more like press in the next couple of days, especially with tomorrow when the documentary gets released. Yeah. which uh what espn documentary that they're screening at the sports bra in portland on wednesday yeah truth be told uh wednesday at 6 30 p.m at the sports bra um and randy your question was what do i think is gonna happen i think this has to finally be like the nail in the coffin um and i if it's not, I don't like, it's like Donald Trump land. Like, I don't yeah. know what will stick to them at this point. If none of this does. So like, this may surprise you. I'm, I'm a bit of a pessimist, um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh here, here we go. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think he'll fire Wilkinson finally, and he'll fire. He may fire Golub and then he's just going to, and then, and then that's, that'll be it. Yeah. Golub, I did not realize, was also on the board of OPB, um, which that needs to he needs to be removed from that position. All of these positions, like none of these dudes should be there. It's all super toxic and it's full of shit. And um, I also one of the things I loved was the going on the attack with the sponsors there are so many people tweeting uh, all this stuff to like at Alaska airlines and uh, at Widmer. And, uh, and I love it. Uh, the more public pressure they get, the better. Uh, and yeah. So wait, Greg, what do you think? Do you think he's going to sell the team? No, he's not going to sell the team. I think you're right. He's going to fire the people that have to be. And I don't know if he, tries to stay in the limelight and save face or if he just becomes an owner in the shadows who watches from afar uh in shame but no i don't think he sells do you think uh do you think uh, let's let's have this scenario let's say through whatever bylaws i i I doubt it's as strong as it is in mls where they were able to force out the kansas city guy um, wait, was it? Oh, I'm sorry, RSL. RSL. Um, I don't know what they have. I mean, I could, they'd have to force out, you know, a third of the league and then WSL. Um, I'm sure I shared that bit with you guys about one of the, I forget what team it was, um, Sky Blue or somebody that was like the, the, because they don't get paid very much at all. A lot of times they have, uh, it's a, be in the housing provided by the team and they they showed up for their housing and there was like an old guy living in the apartment and assumed that he was going to keep living there while those while the team moved in did you guys read that no (laughs) i heard about it but i didn't read it but um what man i can't even remember what i was talking about what happens if uh 
let's say if there's that 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 clause like our like the one that was used to force RSL to sell, suppose that gets triggered and they they force Merit to sell the Thorns. Do they end up having to move to a different stadium? Does he uh, play spoiler and just be a complete jerk to the or, to whoever buys it and and prevents them from from there, uh, playing? There it? is no way to just sell the Thorns. You can't do it. Um, it has to be all or nothing. And uh, it's like, and the other part of that, which is even well, more frustrating. I that mean, that's even morally, you're saying, yeah, but legally there's a way to do that sure legally yes morally morally no and like if they're big enough pieces of shit to not be able to um uh do the right things like with one team they're definitely and they've already again like shit like we keep forgetting even about the uh genesis alarcon and andy polo um all the crooked shit they did with that just like Jesus, man, these are bad people. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys did listen to the Morisonic episode that was released today. It is 18 seconds long, and it is their theme song, which we all still hate, but we love them. Uh, and Pat saying, man, fuck Merritt Paulson. Uh, and that's <laughs> Let's just drop that episode. in, man. Let's just drop that in. What are they going to do about it? Nothing. Podcast. Man, fuck Merritt Paulson. I am full on the attack on this stuff. I love it. And I also want to give a shout out to all the folks in Scan who have been applying pressure and using all their like time volunteering to try to get out uh, the message since all of this stuff started dropping. Every game there's a there's an action. Every game they're outside of the stadium with signs and leaflets. Uh, and Actually, they had a they had an action tonight as we were getting ready to record this. Yeah, really, really proud of the efforts of those people to like when it it was becoming clearly not popular to continue to complain about stuff. And I just want to watch soccer, oh, blah boy. blah blah. And it's like they they stayed true to the course, and they're they're good people. Can you imagine if this had happened? If this had come out on Friday or Thursday? Holy uh, shit. And then there had been I don't know what I don't know what we would have done at that match. And then of course if we still continued to to lose the match, I think Paulson would have popped a gasket. Oh my god. So that's also very interesting. So like the ESPN documentary was supposed to have already been out. Do you think they waited to release it because they knew the report was coming out? I think so. I think so. I mean, like, you know, they knew it was coming out, and then the, the release date's two days later. Yeah, it's got to be not a coincidence. Yeah. Um, and as we have been uh, potting here. This is uh, an exciting time period, man. This could be it. This could be This could be the thing that gets us I new hope, owners. Dude, I hope so. And I want them to buy aging superstars. Sorry, that's just a personal <laughs> preference. Um, but... Uh, our man Ryan Clark, uh, who I now I think I might like, um, uh, has been very active with this story, um, and uh, he just tweeted about 15 minutes ago saying, uh, 10 hours have passed since the release of the U.S. Soccer Report without a statement from PTFC." So, but who's Ryan Clark? 
He's the uh, the Oregonian dude, and oh, okay. he does the soccer made in Portland that you know we talked junk about, and I made fun of him a right. few episodes. And I think Ryder who replaced what's her face. Uh, okay. Um, do you think they'll they'll give uh, PVSP press passes? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at this point, like we've proven our value in journalism's. So, um, but yeah, again, absolutely wild. Uh, and uh, hopefully, something happens tomorrow that's like backbreaking, where that's like, okay, we're selling the team, we're done. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a weird weird few weird week i bet you yeah yeah and again as we're talking about all this and we're making it about how shitty they are i think it goes without saying that we should say um how like we all feel for the actual victims um in this and like we focus all the energy on talking the shit on merit and gavin and blah 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 but then <sighs> yeah that was part of the thing reading that report that shit was that stuff is hard to read to because you imagine those those players going through that stuff and having to deal with that, especially when they're they're not getting any money to play basically, and some of them are trying to make national teams, and it's just like it's heartbreaking. It is awful. Again, just the first paragraph of the executive summary is nothing even to do with the thorns or the or whatever. It's just the Ugh, read it and uh, and get mad and then get active is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't have anything else to add on this on this topic right now. Uh, I guess we should mention that we'll be at without Zuparich on uh, against RSL because he's got yellow card accumulation. Oh, uh, you called that out as a risk, I recall. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Or actually, Greg. Did, one of one of our Reddit listeners did. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hate to end that on a on a sour note, but um, it's it is what it is, and hopefully we get like enough momentum behind this and enough calls for change that it it actually uh, it does uh, it does change. Read um, it in the in the immortal words of Jonathan. Read it. Get mad. Get active. Um, yeah. and we'll have that. A link in the show description with the highlighted version. Um, so yeah, do that. Yeah, uh, Greg, you assigned me the closing uh, track for this episode, and I cannot find the appropriate song for my feelings at the moment, and so I didn't pick one, um, and I couldn't think of anything that would represent all of that crazy, uh, and I was hoping someone else might have a better song. Let's just uh, go without. Oh, how about that? We'll have a moment of silence for the people that are victims. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. All right. That works. Yeah. Okay. Um, the match is on Sunday. What decision day? And uh, we'll see you guys after that. Yeah. Unless there's an emergency sale podcast. <laughs> Which very much. <laughs> fire sale podcast please that's someone the Merritt paulson googling twitter account uh, oh god uh, like the craigslist at like ad like buys a soccer team it was so funny um uh but greg where and how do they reach us 
Uh, send us an email, portlandvanity at gmail.com. Uh, Merritt Paulson listens to this podcast all the time. It says so in our <laughs> liner notes. So leave us a voicemail to tell him how you feel at 503-583-4235. Facebook and Instagram at Portland Vanity. Twitter at PDX Vanity Soccer. And check out our playlist, which will not be getting a song added this week. Uh, Radio Free PVSP on Spotify. Hell yeah. See you later. All right. All right. Peace.